This is Haunted America Radio. With your host, Al Shepard. And now, Haunted America Radio. This episode is the second part of a conversation I had with Dustin Perry back in 2009. And now back to Haunted America Radio. There is definitely something to be said for, um, you know, we, we often look at you before we go through an uh, investigation, uh, where the moon phases are at, um, especially the waxing, the waning uh, phases seem to, to be yielding a little better result. At least that's, uh, for my my note, um, uh, and, and of course, anytime there's uh, seismic activity and stuff, we, we look into that to see how that may uh, be um, reacting with uh, certain things uh, within the environment, uh, maybe stirring up some residual activity if, uh, if you believe in the, the stone tape theory on a certain level. Uh, so we look into a lot of stuff like that as well. Of course, you know, um, there's, there's still a lot being done with, uh, with ion counters and stuff like that, trying to just pick up these other signals to help, uh, help us get a better idea of uh, when the best opportunities are. <laughs> Talk about ion counters and all that stuff. Did you, did you ever run across that show I mentioned to you with the Parabot? <laughs> uh, no comment, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, if anybody's got a question for Dustin, you want to give a call in or type it in the chat room, I'll read it. Uh, um, Elfie typed here that she wants to know what you do claim as your occupation at Customs, seeing as you don't tell the truth. I actually have just started writing down Rockstar, and I don't get any questions about that. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> For some reason, they just accept that. They're like, okay, sure. The only place I ran into a problem was in England. They said, well, are you somebody um, that is uh, is very well known? I said, well, it depends on what circles you ask. He said, well... You're not like, I and mean, we could hire someone local to do your job here. I said, well, I don't know, maybe you could. He's like, well, you're not Madonna. I said, well, no, sir, you're very, you're very observant. I clearly am not Madonna. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, you're definitely not Madonna. No, no. <laughs> where did uh, where the rock star thing come from? Um, paranormal rock star came out of a conversation I was having with somebody who was doing a, an interview like this. Uh, I think it was actually from a written publication. And we were talking about uh, the traveling and all that, and uh, I was uh, alluding to the difficulties of being a uh, good-hearted family man and then uh, being on the road and missing my, my wife and my children. And uh, he said, well, he said, you know, at least when you when you get older and uh, your child is older, you can uh, explain for all the stuff you did. You know, you kind of travel the world like a rock star. And uh, it just kind of came together after that. You know, it's just uh, kind of a funky, fun name and just kind stuck with it somebody commented in the chat room here it's the hair and no, and i and i gotta say one thing about that after walking through the holton mansion in the dark i'm glad you got your hair spiked the way it is because i can immediately tell it's you coming down the hallway even in the dark so <laughs> that's that's a great thing to have and it works on a couple of levels it's great for uh, for identification and also uh, it kind of works like whiskers like kind of cat like when we're doing caverns and stuff I never hit my head because I've kind of got like, you know, six, seven inches up there of uh, like a sensor. Give me a little bit of a warning that there's a low ceiling. There you go. I never thought of that. That, that no, would it, it's, uh, it's both fashionable and functional. Now, being the paranormal rock star. It's not easy, I'll tell you that. Well, I'm wondering from, 
from uh, uh, your marriage standpoint, uh, do, uh-huh. do, you, do you get, like, love letters in the mail or email? And, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, not so much in the mail, thankfully. Uh, but, uh, no, my uh, my wife, is uh, she, she's a real sweetheart. And I'll tell you, if, uh, if we didn't have the relationship that we have and uh, she wasn't the person that she is, uh, I would have never agreed to, uh, to go back out on the program. Uh, we've been together since, uh, you know, before I was on the original program, so... Uh, it's nice to know that uh, she's always uh, loved me for who I am, uh, with all my shortcomings and everything else. But you know, she's a, she's a fantastic woman. So sometimes I think she gets a little annoyed. Sometimes you know, we're at Walmart or something, and uh, a girl starts screaming like uh, one of the Beatles, and we're back in 1964. But uh, other than that, she's she's very understanding with all of it. Uh, you know, we we trust each other quite a bit. Uh, like I said, if it wasn't like that, I wouldn't be on the road at all. Exactly. But I, I just had this feeling that yeah. You, that you probably got quite a few Walmart stories like that one, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how long have you been together? Let's see, about seven years or so. Married for just uh, three. Somebody wants to know how long you're planning to stay in this field. I'll never leave this field. Um, I will work on the television program as, uh, as long as they're asking me to, as long as it's uh, feasible for, uh, for my family and I to do such. But when that's over, I'm still going to be in the field. I'm still going to be doing investigations. I still plan on uh, on working on the books and such. Um, I think it's really important. Uh, I think the literary contribution is the most important um, for me personally because, you know, the TV shows now, there's a ton of them out there. You know, everybody's aware of, of what's out there and, uh, and what they watch and such. And uh, I've looked back over the years and I've looked at, uh, at this field from a, from a larger perspective, and I, I do a lot of reading, uh, not just in the paranormal, but just I enjoy reading quite a bit. And uh, I, I do read a lot about the field and how it's, uh, how it's changed over the years and how it's come along. And I think it's important to note that there is a constant uh, ebb and flow within this community. And I think that's partly to blame as to why we haven't uh, achieved all the answers that we want to achieve, because as interest in the field grows, and technology and stuff has developed, and then more and more interest grows. There's always someone, charlatans and such, that uh, want to make a little extra buck off it, get a little notoriety out of it, and you know, whatever, teach their own. I suppose it's uh, it's not for me. I've always been somebody who's been very honest, and a very uh, God-fearing person, and I don't believe in being deceptive in any way. And I, I think uh, what happens is, unfortunately, especially the people that make the money off like the widows and stuff like that, you know, they get a little bit of family information and they go to to the to the window they find in the paper and they have messages from beyond the grave and they, they take them for, uh, for a bunch of money and they completely fleece them. That stuff makes me absolutely uh, sick. But I think what happens is, uh, as I was saying, you know, the interest in the field grows. More and more people get into it. Somebody of some notoriety will get called out for being a fake and then uh, everyone else just kind of gets lumped along with them, unfortunately. And then it ends up one of these things where, despite all the evidence that has been uh, collected, you throw out the baby with the bathwater, and now we're back at, uh, at square one again, or real close to it. I mean, I've read some great publications from years back who had actually alluded to a lot of stuff to do with uh, the full-spectrum technology, which is what we're working with now, on a much uh, much lower level, of course, back then. But the theory and stuff was kind of present. And I think it's important for us to uh, not only be using that kind of stuff on the show, but putting it out there in print so that when the hit comes uh, in this field, I want to make sure that uh, that it's out there written down that, you know, there were uh, legit investigators in this field and people that were dedicated to it who were getting evidence, and this is how they were getting it, so that, uh, you know, when the next fight comes, people don't have to go all the way back to square one. Well, maybe you ought to think about a radio show, huh? That's what I always think is, is the beauty of this field, is that at this particular point, it's wide open. You can go in any direction that you want in any theory that you have and pursue it, 
and you've got just as much chance as anybody else does to, to finding that piece of evidence. Like I mentioned to you at the, at the whole mention, uh, Josh and I have been arguing back and forth, you know, is it is it, can you possibly be an expert or a specialist in this field? And I've been saying no, because no one knows what's right and wrong yet. Absolutely. You know? I'll tell you, man, when I, do, uh, when I do my college presentations, I do uh, a couple of slides there at the top saying who I am and let people know my background and stuff. And then I have one that says who I'm not. And uh, it says in big, bold letters, not the person with all the answers about the paranormal field. And I think it's important that people know that because uh, anybody who's out there claiming that they know everything there is to know and that they're the expert in this, that, and the other, they're, they're just taking people for their money or, or they're just got really uh, problems with delusions and grandeur because, like you said, the beautiful thing about this field is that there's still so much that's unknown. It's one of those few things where almost anybody who just has a solid passion for it and some time to kill can get involved and, and really make that discovery and make that difference, you know. I mean, we live in a day and age where, you know, things like Google Maps are out there. I can see a picture of your backyard taken from space, for Christ's sakes. There's not much left for, for us to explore here. But the paranormal field is one of those things. Yeah, because I, I don't think any of us will actually have the money to explore space or anything. So it, it's oh, kind of no, like... Uh, the closest I can get is buying some of the astronaut ice cream when I'm at the Discovery Store. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay, you know, you've got more knowledge than the average person in your investigative techniques and the way you do things and using certain equipment and all that stuff. But, it, you know, we could find out five years down the road that EMF detectors and EVP recorders didn't really tell us anything. We were totally on the wrong path, you know. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. uh, like I've pick it on Josh, you know, someday soon you could be proven an expert or a kook just as easily, you know. <laughs> Indeed, man, you know, and you know, this, this is kind of sad is I talk to a lot of people who are uh, working on new technology and working on different ideas. Some people in this field can be really fierce, you know, and, uh, and really nasty and somebody will present an idea or present a piece of equipment and maybe it's not, uh, it's not done to perfection yet. Maybe it still needs some tweaks, it needs some field time uh, and people will shoot them down so harshly that the person who invented it or was working on it, or just scrap the idea completely instead of pushing forward with it. And I've seen a lot of good ideas that just kind of get thrown to the wayside, uh, and it's really sad. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I know when I, just before we started doing this radio show, I, I jumped on and I was listening in on another one. And the whole hour was just one paranormal group ripping into another one, you know, because they didn't do this right, and they didn't do that right. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head going, you don't know if that's right or not. You're just saying. You just think it is. Yeah, you know? so, so you do it. So. I, I honestly did not know how much politics was involved in uh, paranormal investigating until I really started jumping into it here. So. Oh, yeah, it gets crazy, man. It really does. I'm glad you're staying above the fray as we're trying to do here. So, <laughs> It's not easy, but uh, you do the best you can, and you you know, there's a lot of good. The, the good thing is that uh, the good people in the field, good-hearted people, uh, greatly outnumber the ones that are uh, in their showboating and talking about how great they are. So uh, 99% of the time, the people you're working with are really cool. Yeah. Where do you think spirits are hiding? Ultraviolet? Infrared? Where do, where do you think? Uh, of course, being a theory, your own opinion, of course. Yeah, but, well, uh, uh, just based on, uh, on my field time and, uh, and things that I've noticed, like I said, using the full-spectrum technology, we've definitely started capturing more and more activity, uh, visual uh, activity. UV light itself, i, I got to tell you, but there seems to be almost like uh, discrepancies within the certain types of entities. 
I've heard recordings of uh, of things where a UV light was all of a sudden thrown on, and you hear like this high pitched, uh, like a screaming sound, almost as if there's something that uh, is adverse about the light that seems to be shining onto these things. The intelligent spirits, the, the human spirits that have passed on. Somewhere within these ranges, we seem to be uh, capturing activity. So, you know, uh, is there is there a difference between uh, light levels within the spectrum that seem to harbor different types of entities? I don't know. I think that there is something to be said for, uh, like I said, that I actually read this in an old book. Well, not not too too old, but uh, uh, an older book about um, IR light being actually uh, detrimental to uh, to spirit, and that not not so much that it physically harms it. But then there's something that's off-putting about it. And I couldn't figure it out at first because I was like, oh, it just seems kind of silly, you know? Like, how could this really be bothering them? But then I was filming with the uh, mini DV cam, and I had my IR light on, you know, and all you see is those little red LEDs. It's no big deal. And somebody else had one. And then, you know, when you when you cross the streams, not to use the Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters reference, but when you cross the IR and you see it in your camera, it, it is very bright and, and it's blinding almost. And it has this, uh, you know, this halo effect. So I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there's things about vision that changes uh, after you pass on. You know, maybe you're, you're seeing in, in different spectrums and such. So that IR would be almost repelling. And I think that could be tied in with, uh, I mean, most of the shadow activity and stuff I've ever seen captured on IR, they always seem to be very distant. They always seem to be uh, on the opposite wall or in the back side of the room, you know. They never seem to be right up front of the camera, right in front of the IR itself. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Maybe it's something that's pushing them back a little further. Whereas the full spectrum cameras that we've been taking pictures with, using low levels, uh, low levels of light, red light instead of the IR, uh, these things seem to be coming a lot closer. Okay, you, you got me thinking. Now, a couple of weeks back, we had uh, Mark Nesbitt, Mark Nesbitt, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark Nesbitt, Patty Wilson, and Scott Crownover were on, and and Scott showed us a couple photos uh, taken with an infrared lens over his camera. Of course, that's different than actually shooting out an infrared beam. Right. But in both of his photos, the ghosts seem to be walking away from the camera like they're trying to get away from it or something. So you, yeah. so you kind of got me wondering now. Um, I don't know, man. Like, you know, like I said, it's, uh, it's only an idea. It's only uh, something that I'm kind of toying around with. But from what I've seen, my you know, personal experience is not just photos other people show me, but things that I've captured or things that I've seen uh, teammates capture, there does seem to be something about it that, that seems to hold true. So you said now you actually had a, a spirit scream when you turned on a, a, an ultraviolet light? It wasn't something that I had captured. It was actually something that uh, a friend of mine had uh, had shared with me. It's exactly what it sounded like. You uh, hear the click of the uh, the UV light, and then you hear this, this screaming, as if uh, there was something about it that uh, they didn't enjoy. Okay, I've never heard that before. That That's interesting. It makes me but, think, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually... It could be just coincidental, uh, of course, but uh, you know, there seems to be something to it. Well, it makes me wonder, can these disembodied spirits feel pain then? You know, what the, if if the scream was from pain, then it, it right. that kind of throws a whole new light on things. I don't know if it's uh, pain, anger, or whatever, but there seemed to be something that, uh, you know, wasn't enjoying it. Okay, have you... Uh Used any of the newer the newer gadgets, the uh, Frank's box or the Obelisk or any of that stuff? I uh, played around with the Obelisk uh, for a little bit. Um, I actually had some interesting uh, answers that came out of this thing. But uh, you know, the bottom line is it's a word generator like anything else, and uh, you know, it seemed to be saying words that apparently it was not programmed to say. So that did, did seem to be kind of interesting. Um, 
I've worked with some people who've had it say their name, their full name, and obviously that wasn't in the program. But at the same time, I, it's hard for me to, to say, okay, you know, this is a spirit that's manipulating this. Like, I would never take that as a piece of evidence by itself and bring it forward to someone and say, you know, this is the person that's still in your home or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's something that could be used, I think, maybe in conjunction with other pieces of equipment uh, if somebody wanted to. Uh, but it's not something that I personally would want to bring forward and continue to use. Now, do you actually still investigate private homes and things like that? Not doing uh, so much of anything when I'm home now. Um, yeah. I, I did for a while, um, in between doing the shows and stuff, still trying to get into some local places and, and things of interest, but not uh, not so much uh, nowadays. Is uh, some some people that have approached me from different states at different events and stuff, they've come up to me, explained to me a problem they've had, and I've put them in touch with uh, someone I know at a local group, uh, and I do stay in the loop there. I like to stay involved in finding out uh, how the team goes in there, what they discover, uh, talk about different ideas of things that they can do to try to help these people because uh, you know, the bottom line is if somebody approaches you and uh, they do need help with that, this type of thing, I think it's important to follow up on it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, due to logistics and time and stuff, you know, really can't be traveling around taking care of uh, all these all these cases. But at the same time, I really think it's important to, uh, to follow up on them. Please join me for the third and final part of this discussion with Dustin Perry coming up soon. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. This is Haunted America Radio, where we're always in good spirits.